the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Ariana is with us in Portland, Oregon to start off this hour. Hi, Ariana. How are you? Good. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? I am trying to figure out how I can get my husband on the same page with his out-of-control spending so that we can have an emergency fund to fall on and pay off some of our debts that we have. Hmm. Well, what is his out-of-control spending? What do you mean? My husband spends over $1,000 a month just on phone games. Oh. Phone games? Like Candy Crush? Yeah, on his iPhone. Oh, wow. Yes, and Um, I found out by looking at our statements. When you say that out loud, does it sound as crazy to you as it does to me? Yes. Like this is this is this is like illness level. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, last year. He's, I'm sorry, you cut out, honey. What'd you say? Uh oh, thousand. You're cutting in and out. You, he spent what? Fourteen thousand last year. Yeah, and yes. what's what's your household income? Apparently, your phone has not been paid. Um, <laughs> I can't. Oh, you're back We're, we're again. losing most of your phone here. So, okay. So, uh, what is your household income? $83,000. Okay. Are you somewhere where you can walk and get a better signal, maybe? Because um, we're losing you about every third word. All right. $85,000. How old is your husband? 29. Okay. All right. Um, I have a question. We have a four-year-old daughter. I have a question. It's just what I'm wondering. Something tells me this is not the only thing he's overspending on. What else is he spending crazy money on? Um, his car. His his what? His car. His car. Car. What's that? Yeah. He has a, a 91 Volkswagen. Yeah. Okay. Which yeah, that and just that just screams money right there. Um. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And I. Um, the one that pays the bills. Yeah. And I pinch money wherever I can. Yeah. Okay. So um, that we can get those paid. You, you're, you, you guys need to see, you need to get some professional help. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because this is not a hundred dollars uh, and he makes 200,000. And it's over a thousand. I know. I know. It's 14,000 a year. And. The money we're spending on the car too so there's something i'm sure you're aware of this or maybe you haven't heard but in, in dealing with our phones what we are now discovering is that a lot of the things the games and the games have actually have them they've carefully designed the games to create a dopamine hit to cause you to come back again and again and again they designed these games to be addictive if you're not aware of that that's it's very true yeah. Okay, it's also true of, for instance, the way the videos now work on slot machines. They have okay. carefully designed those 
to be addictive. And uh, so your husband is involved in an addictive behavior loop because if you just say what he's doing out loud, everyone that hears it except him thinks cray-cray. Yes. They think he's nuts. I know. Okay. And so this is not a money problem. This is you have a husband that is addicted problem. Now, what do you do yes. with that? If your husband was doing cocaine, if your husband was doing pornography, if your husband was doing some other form of addiction, what would you do? Well, you would demand that he get some help and you would begin to see someone to build language and a narrative to talk to him in such a way that he starts to understand that he's destroying himself and his family with this behavior. Yes, because so, I feel like at this point I'm talking at him. At this point what? It feels like I'm talking at him. Oh, yeah, you are. You're talking to an yeah. addict. I just feel like I'm nagging. He's glazed over. You're talking to him when he's drunk. Yeah. You can't talk to a drunk. Right. Okay? It doesn't make any sense. And so, but you, what you do need to do is sit down with someone that can give you some language that says, okay, this is terrifying me. I have a baby and I feel like I am in the house with a cocaine addict. Right. Because you are exhibiting the exact same behaviors as a cocaine addict. Yes, and he just spent 700 in the last three days. Yeah. Oh, so it's getting worse. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've established he's out of control. We don't need yeah. any more We don't need any more evidence. That's established. Does he think that there's a problem at all, or when you bring it up, is he like, no, this is fine, This is, there's no well, problem here? He's told me twice that he was going to disconnect the car from his phone, but then that did not happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I promise you I'm not going to get drunk anymore, but I am hanging out in the bar. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we do have a car payment every month. And with what he spent last year, we could have paid off the full balance of what we owe left. Yeah. yeah. But we the car payment is not your problem. The right. problem is your, your husband is an addict. Yes. And you need to start and treating this situation like your hair is on fire. Okay. With lots of urgency. Mm -hmm. And so are okay. you guys by chance in a good church? Um, no, we're not. Who is in his life that can talk to him, that will listen to him? It's not you. It's definitely not me. Um, I have... I think that we'd have to hire somebody yeah. that doesn't know us because he doesn't have a father figure yeah. or... A mother yeah. that he'll listen to. So you you need to you need to say, honey, I'm going to marriage counseling because I'm afraid our marriage is going to end because I'm terrified that I'm married to an addict. You are completely right. out of control. I'm going to go see a marriage counselor to try to save our marriage. I hope you'll come. Okay. And set an appointment and go. Okay. Regardless whether of whether not. he goes or not, you go without him. Okay. And have that person start to teach you how to speak to an addict to give you any possibility of getting through mm. the fog of this into his brain. And he remembers that he's a husband and a father more than he is a game player right. on a freaking iPhone. Right. Yeah, I'm I sorry. think he justifies it because he works so much. I don't care we how don't much he works. Finances. It doesn't mean you don't. Just because you work a lot doesn't mean you get to do cocaine. 
Mm. <laughs> Sorry, that's not how this works. I think his There's not phone, a trade-off here. I think if I were in her shoes, his phone would suddenly go missing tonight. You think it would just look at you? It's almost like it ended up in the river and no one knows you know, how it got there. I have no idea where it is. You know, after I dropped it out of the car doing 95, I have no idea what happened to that phone. Exactly. It's somewhere between one of those mile markers <laughs> back <know> there. <laughs> I know I have that's no right. idea, but he'll have another one by morning if he's not well. That's true. This is the Ramsey Show. Most break-ins happen when your home is the most vulnerable in the middle of the day when no one is home. So I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. They're the best at what they do, protecting your whole home. Their award-winning system is backed by 24/7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, half the cost of traditional home security. And my listeners get 20% off their system when they sign up for Fast Protect monitoring at simplysafedirect.com. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Josh is in Indianapolis. Hey, Josh, how are you? Good, Mr. Ramsey. How are you doing? Better than I deserve. What's up? So my wife and I are planning on making a baby soon, and the question is how much money should we have saved up for our future before doing that? Well, at the very least, I would say if you're on the baby steps, whatever baby step that you're on, I would pause that. And then whatever money that you can stack up, stack up as much money as you possibly can. And then once the baby is born, you can take that money and throw it on whatever baby step you're on. What baby step are you on? Well, so we have no debt. We're, I'm 21. She's 20. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been married. We've been married for almost a year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have 8500 in a cash emergency fund. So that's about three months of our uh, fixed expenses. And then beyond that, we have just about seven grand in the bank um, and two paid off used cars. What's the other seven grand for? What was that earmarked for? Well, so we have that sort of earmarked in three different buckets. We have a birthing fund. We are going to have a fully funded birthing fund uh, of about 5,000. That's the goal. Is that Um, like your deductible? Um. So we're planning on doing sort of a at-home birth, which uh, some of it will be covered, not all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there's that. Uh, so we have we have that bucket. We have a uh, beginning of a uh, Roth IRA. Uh-huh. Uh, that's another bucket, and then we have a down payment for a house bucket. Josh, so few, few humans, few humans in the history of mankind are as ready to have a child financially as you are. Is she even pregnant yet? <laughs> No, no, okay. we're, we, we were thinking we have, so Dave, I have, we have a, we had a plan that I got okayed by both the dads, my dad and her dad. Okay. I wanted to see if uncle Dave would approve of this plan and if you would make any tweaks to it. I would make some tweaks. So the, the, the prerequisites financially was, uh, it's a total of 28 grand, uh, 15 grand in house and investments, uh, savings, uh, five grand for a birthing fund and then the 8,500 uh, emergency fund. Let me make some tweaks. Do you mind? Yeah, go for it. All right. So you're, she's not pregnant yet. So let's, no, no. let's wait until she's pregnant to pause, but you've got money laying around here. So I like the 8,500. That's your three months. Um, is she planning on working after the baby is born? Yeah, she'll have six weeks PTO. We have a, 
grandma and a mom on her side. They're both sort of on our way to work. We, okay, so she does plan on going together. back to work. She does, yeah. Okay, so you've got the $7,000 here. Uh, whether or not you want to keep that for your home down payment fund, I actually think that's the best place for it. You mentioned that some of it was supposed to go into a Roth IRA. Yeah, uh, I've been in talks with SmartVestor Pro people and Edward Jones uh, interviewing all sorts of people, trying to see who could manage the money the best. Okay. Um, the minimum, it seems to be, is 5000 to get it into one of these at least uh, guided account management you know, accounts. So that's kind of the goal there. So your and goal is to save for Baby Step 3B and do Baby Step 4, investing 15% at the same, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're saving for a down payment and would like to start investing. And okay. Sort of, and then also, you know, how much money just in general should we have playing around before uh, putting a kid in this world? Yeah. yeah. I, you're good. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. I mean, once she gets pregnant, I like that you have some of this money set aside for baby step 3B and investing. And if you wanted to save up your deductible once she gets pregnant, I'm not mad at that either. Dustin's in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hi, Dustin. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure. Um, yeah, so uh, about six years ago, I received some uh, company stock on loan uh, that I would be able to pay off in the next in the, the previous six years, and it's coming due. And I'm 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 a little bit unsure if I should uh, have the have them take the stock back or if I should pay off the loan. That's a very unusual transaction. Are you sure you don't have options to buy the stock? Well, I was given options to buy the stock uh, probably about 11 years ago. And then at the end of those, 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 it expired in five years. And at the end of the five years, I said, I don't have $30,000, but I'd love to be a member or a, a part owner of the company at that, at that time. So you borrowed so we $30,000 from who? From the company. Oh. Oh. Who own? Do you, you're well. No, you're obviously not the owner of the company. Okay. Uh, oh, definitely. Um, I mean, can you not sell the stock? It's it's privately owned. It's a uh, yeah. So I I can't go. So out if and you sell have it, you no. been paying payments or interest on the thirty thousand? Yeah, I've been paying uh, about six hundred dollars a year. What happens interest. if you give up the stock to the money you've paid in? Um, they just, just, they just keep it, take it back. (laughs) So you're, you're going to lose money on the transaction. Uh, yeah, they, I've, I've gone back and talked to them. They said, well, maybe this and maybe that, maybe they'll, you know, give me stock to the, the amount of the interest I've paid, but nothing's definite at this point. How much has the stock grown since you've borrowed to get it? Um, it has gone up from um, sixty-six cents a stock to two dollars and twenty cents a share. But you can't do anything with it because it's privately held and it's restricted. Right. So it has no value at all to you except the cash that it creates. Have they been paying you dividends out on it while you were the owner of it, borrowed against? Uh, no, no dividends. Has it paid dividends to the other stockholders? Uh, no. Not that I know of. Okay. I'm turning it in. Yeah. Here's the situation. You have zero control over this, whether it makes money or doesn't make money. You can't sell it ever, except back to the company. It's a restricted, privately held company. It does not have a a public exchange to it. Um, And and you have absolutely no control over its value. 
none whatsoever. So I, you know, if they want to give me some stock, oh, sure, I'll take that. I mean, a free gift of anything I'll just about take as long as it's moral. But the, uh, um, but the, but investing in this, you're a minority shareholder. You have zero power to tell anybody what to do with anything. You're at their mercy, at the mercy of the handful of people that make the decision whether this goes up in value due to the way we run the company and make the decision as to whether there's any dividend distribution or not. And so um, I, I don't want to own any of that personally. So, uh, and I'm certainly not going to pay for the opportunity to sort of own it by borrowing it. No, I think we'll just let them have it back, man. That's what I would do. I have a question about this. What did he, because <laughs> based on everything you're saying, this sounds horrible. What did he think he was getting? Because if, if he buys it, let's, let's pretend he didn't borrow the money. Let's just say he bought into it and there's no dividends paying out. There's no, what did he think he was going to get? Well, the company, um, they set the stock price. Mm-hmm. It's not set by the marketplace right. because there is no marketplace right. for it. Because it's not publicly. And so what you, and when you own a, a company that's privately held, uh, you, you, you think the company is going to be successful. And so the value of the stock, the stated value went from 66 cents to $2, $2. or something. Mm-hmm. So if he had actually owned it and could sell it for the triple, it mm-hmm. went up triple, 30000 would have become 90000 Right, but but he, but he has to have a place to sell it, and they—that's my know, question. And, and if you get ready to sell it, you can't sell it on your schedule. You have to sell it on when they're willing to buy it back. And do so. They got to give him. They got to be willing to hand him ninety thousand dollars to take his ownership portion away from him, which is the stock. So it's just it. it you don't have um, any flexibility with this, right? And let's say he wanted to leave the company, but he had all this company stock. They would be buy him out. They would buy him out. So they point. would have to, yeah. at that point, pony up the yeah. ninety because they're 000. not going to let a non-employee be walking around with this privately held stock. In most cases, anyway. Yeah, it depends on. I don't know his exact situation, but mm-hmm. that's most of those things are very. It's tightly, closely held. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it. Privately held, closely held, and so um, what he was hoping was to ride the value up as the value of the as the company becomes more successful and cash out someday someday and but but the day you don't have control over is the problem and you don't have control over how much it goes up in value because the company could actually grow a lot and the stock price not go up that could happen interesting this is the ramsey show you worked hard for your home it should be a place where you can relax and refocus on your goals and something as simple as window treatments can make the difference if you're ready for an upgrade we've recommended blinds.com for years and i've used them myself that's because with blinds.com you don't have to sacrifice your budget your style or great service from blinds drapes shutters and motorized shades they make it easy and affordable to upgrade your entire home And their team is always ready to help with everything from design consultation to measuring and installation. Plus, there are never any misleading quotes or hidden fees. Everything is backed by their 100% satisfaction guarantee, and shipping is always free. See why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. Visit Blinds.com to save up to 40% off everything site-wide. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
Thanks for joining us, America. This is The Ramsey Show. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. If you're joining us live from anywhere in America, you're joining us on Halloween. Boo. The National Retail Federation believes Americans will continue spending this holiday season despite inflation, and uh, they have proven it. Halloween alone is expected to reel in 12.2 billion dollars, with the average participant spending 108 dollars and 24 cents. This marks the a two billion dollar jump compared to last year for Halloween. Frightening. Two billion. That is frightening. Boo. Americans are expected to spend $4.1 billion on costumes alone. Wow. Pet costumes have become a recent trend that retailers are capitalizing on. Pet owners are expected to spend around $700 million on dressing up their pets. Um, I'm a guest. <laughs> I, I know. Just, I can't get my... It's, it's not I'm, good. It's a catastrophe. What do you think about that? (laughs) Guys in the booth like that one. Catastrophe. What a boom. Okay. That's why you get the big bucks. Well, here's the thing. It says there are countries with lower GDPs than 12.2 billion. So we spend more on Halloween than some countries even spend to just be there. Yeah. Listen, (laughs) I'm not buying my pet a costume. If you want to buy your pet a costume, that's okay. But let me tell you what you shouldn't be doing. Okay. You should not be buying your pet or yourself a costume if you're whining about student loan forgiveness. Uh-oh. You should not be buying your pet or yourself a costume if you've not been generous and given more than that amount away mm-hmm. to someone, a human being that's in need like a hungry child wow. versus your shih tzu with a tutu. I'm glad you said Shih Tzu. I'm just saying. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's okay if you want to dress your pet up, but if your generosity factor is lower than your personal costume combined with your pet costume, you have issues. If you're broke and your kid is taking out a student loan because you don't have any money and they're going to college, but your Labrador Retriever or worse, your golden doodle is <laughs> all doodled up. Yeah. Then, I mean, again, it, it's not the, the issue is not actually the actual spending. The issue is what you're not doing while you're spending. That's this. right. Yeah. That would drive. That's that's you know, in a country where all we hear about is oh, oh yeah. all this drama about how house prices are so high you boomers don't understand you were able to buy a house for thirteen dollars and now you don't understand you're you're right we don't understand while you're dressing up your golden doodle for halloween we don't understand you're <laughs> right. right we we think you're nuts that's true look where i come from if you had a roll of foil and the old like a couple of old toilet paper rolls you can make a costume well, I'm hey, I like a party and you know, I'm pretty much into candy and free candy coming from other people. I like That's the great. program. The program is a good program. I like the program. But if inflation is your problem, if you're worried about you can't, living you paycheck can't, to paycheck. You can't sit around and whine about yeah. wealth inequality when we spent four point one billion dollars on costumes. 
But Americans are, the poor is getting poorer and the rich is getting richer. And, oh, my God. And I, you just can't have these both these things coming out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. It makes you look stupid. Yeah. It makes you look as stupid as you are when you do that stuff. So it's okay. Celebrate Halloween. Celebrate Christmas. Celebrate your pets. Spend money on your pets. I don't care. But then don't tell me that there's hungry children in your neighborhood Mm. or within 25 miles of where you're sitting right now and you haven't done something about feeding them. That's very good. That's just wrong. I mean, we live in the wealthiest nation the world has ever known in terms of total dollars. And and we prove it with this these kinds of numbers That's and so right. I, I i really am not the grinch i'm not against christmas and i guess the grinch was probably for halloween i don't know how i don't know i don't know his exact stance on the halloween grinch. i haven't checked the grinch on halloween but he's probably pro halloween yeah he's probably pro halloween but um you know either way i'm not i'm not against all this i don't yeah. not against fun i like fun fun's a good thing but you shouldn't do it at the expense of the things that should be a priority yeah and you can't do it while you're whining and complaining about about the world coming yeah. to an end because it's so unfair out there while i'm running around chasing my own stupid tail and you certainly shouldn't be putting it on credit cards because oh, i know some of y'all went over to home depot and those big giant skeletons that I see in everybody's yard, and those tombstones—they're cool. giant. They're amazing, but they're like five hundred bucks a pop. Yeah, my my grandkids saw that the other day. Papa Dave, you got to get one of those. I didn't, but they told me I got to get one. Papa Dave, you didn't get one. Papa Dave didn't get one. So they're um, expensive. It's just—it's not that I—you know—I'm not against large skeletons. I'm That's perfectly right. good. If you're a large skeleton, you're on my team. I'm just saying. I'm 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 for you. I'm for the large skeleton, the the large skeleton union, and Dave, <laughs> we're, we're in good shape. I'm, I'm I support the union, oh, but boy. the uh, oh my gosh, y'all, seriously, twelve point two billion, billion. It's a lot. That's wow. a thousand million. A billion it says it's record spending. Million. Oh, it is record spending. In one of the wow. worst economies. I mean, the economy this time last year was boomtown compared That's right. to right now. Well, you know what? That's an interesting thing, Dave, because you ever go out to dinner and it's like a Tuesday night and it's not. You can't get in a restaurant. It's totally full. Can't get in a restaurant right now. I'm like, is this a myth? Because when I go to Home Depot, people are buying the skeletons. And when I go to dinner, it's packed full in there. It's the uh, it's the Walmart measure of the economy. If the economy is horrible, but the Walmart parking lot is full, something's wrong with your measure. You know, so um, because. You know, Walmart customers are not usually known as the same customer as Nordstrom. That's you know? true. So if the Walmart people are out there spending, uh, that tells you the economy is probably not as bad as somebody's saying it is. So I, I, I think the economy is very slow right now. I think it's very yeah, sluggish. It is sluggish. We've got these ridiculous high interest rates on uh, houses right now. Um, so let's uh, dress up like a kid and have a party. Yeah. I guess that's the plan. It's kind of like during uh, the Fauci pandemic when the uh, booze sales. Oh, yeah. They the went through wine, the roof. Wine and booze sales went through the roof. The mm-hmm. liquor stores racked up. I mean, very few people made more during the Fauci pandemic uh, than the liquor stores, except the plexiglass people. Well, it really goes to the show plexiglass that. plexiglass people cashed in now. People will figure out a way to cope with whatever it is. Obviously, in COVID, people did wine and beers yeah, and things like that. That's what it is. We traded one mask for another. Yeah. Oh, whoa. That's okay. That's what it is. That's profound, Dave. Who knew? So we got used to covering our faces. That's what it is. That's okay. profound. I and like so, it. So, you know, so increase of $2 billion in Halloween spending this year. Interesting rant. 
interesting it discussion. Interesting. It just you know the thing is, all we want you to do on all of these things is think. I know it's a strain, but put down your phone and think. Think. Because if you in one breath are saying how horrible the world is and in another breath are spending $800 for a giant skeleton in your front yard, something's off in your little deal right there, baby. Mm-hmm. You, you need to think. You need to think this through. And so taking care of your kids, taking care of your adult responsibilities and having a party can all happen at the same time. Mm-hmm. There is not a problem with that. Got no issue with that at all. Mm-hmm. But you can't just you can't have it both ways, not not in look intelligent. I mean, you look you look foolish when you try to do it both ways. You just it doesn't play through for you. So That's consumers good. will be shopping early for festive decor and other related items. Retailers are prepared with the inventory to help customers and their families take part in this popular and fun devil worship. I mean tradition. <laughs> You sounded like my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. We made it too easy. It's an underhand pitch. It was. Yeah. This is the Ramsey Show. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Kyle is in Nashville. Hi, Kyle. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. It's an honor to talk to you. You too, man. What's up? So I have two questions today. One is a little bit more straightforward. The other one probably a little bit more complex. So uh, the short one is, so I'm 29. I have a seventh-month-old baby, and I have another baby coming in May. Yay! Which is very exciting, yes. But with that, I'm struggling to figure out, given that and also being an entrepreneur, like should I, I feel like I should have more than six months emergency fund saved. So I'm trying to figure out what's the right number there, and I'm kind of feeling like no matter where I get it to, I feel like it's not enough. So I'm curious. Why, what, what event in your mind could occur or would occur that would require more than six months of your expenses to be covered? You know, as an entrepreneur, I feel like I'm always thinking worst-case scenario. So I'm like, if there's a big recession or – who knows if all of our business goes What is the likelihood or, no. you're going to go six months with zero income? Probably pretty unlikely. Yeah. Like, because as an entrepreneur, you would like get a job. True. Before That's- that happened, right? Yes, sir. Or you start, you close that business, start another one. I don't know. But I've never, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I've never gone six months without an income. I've never gone a month without an income. Yeah. And I've been through some pretty catastrophic bullcrap, but I still didn't go without an income. What do you do? What's your self-employed work? What do you do? Uh, I have a video production firm. Does your Does your business have savings? It does. We have. We try to keep three months of uh, runway on hand in cash. Yeah, then I think you're good. I think if you have your six months. How old are you? I am twenty nine. Twenty nine with a seven month old and a baby on the way. Yes, you know what you are? You're a good dad. That's <laughs> oh, what you I are. That's no, you're sure. a good dad. That's why you're thinking about this, because you're concerned about taking care of your babies. Mm-hmm. That's what's making you yep. think about this. So, But your math is is fine. But the okay. fact that you're worried about this, just all that means, it doesn't mean your system's broken. All that means is, is you're a good man. You just looked around and went, I've got responsibilities, and I need to act like it. Mm-hmm. So yes, you're good. Sir, so- you're good. 
Okay, awesome. And so with that, if I have extra in my current emergency fund, should I reallocate that towards something else, put it into investments, put it on the mortgage, or just it's not? It's not going to kill you. What kills you is the concept. Okay, let's say you had seven months instead of six months, and you didn't reallocate it. That's not going to keep you from becoming a millionaire. You understand? But yes, continually sir. adding to that and looking up, and there's $107,000 in there mm-hmm. because you continually haven't dealt intellectually with this emotional concern, then, yeah, then, then you've gotten yourself over into stupid land at that point, right? Yes. Well, I feel like uh, I am in stupid land because that's exactly how much I have in my emergency <gasps> fund right now. 107000 I have in a high-yield account, but yeah. I'm like, uh, hold on. Hold on. Oh, wow. I, uh, in what planet is $100,000 six months of your expenses? Uh, it's not. We, I was I was shooting for a year, and I justified it by saying, hey, well, I'm self-employed. My wife's only working part-time now, so I should have more than the normal person. So on what planet is 50000 six months of expenses? You have $10,000 a month of expenses? Well, that kind of leads into my next question on oh, whether boy. or not my wife and I need to downsize our house. But How uh, much is your house payment? House payment is 4200 Okay. okay, what's your household? In, or, you know, okay, then 50000 would be there. Okay. Huh. All right. Yep, and so with that... What do you make a year? So uh, with bonuses, uh, take-home is between like 300 No, and honey, you own the company. What's your taxable income? That's it. It's what? So my, my personal take-home pay combined with my wife, um, like what... Our take home after taxes is three hundred to three fifty a year. Way to go! Okay, all right. Then I, I you know, maybe a hundred is not too much. If if a hundred represents six months of expenses, and you have forty eight thousand is, well, that's annualized. No, you have twenty four thousand is your house payment for six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so fifty or sixty grand is probably enough. Yeah, that the point is, you can't keep doing what you're doing, and at, you can't make a hundred into two hundred. In a 300, into 400 in savings and high, and high yield savings. That doesn't make it smart. High yield savings isn't even keeping up with inflation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, you got Biden inflation at 9%, high yield savings paying four or five. So, you're running yeah. backwards on every one of those dollars. Are you investing at yes. all? I am, yes. I've started doing 15%. Yeah. Yeah. And you got a house payment. So, I'm going to, I'm going to take 40,000 or 30,000 of that. I'm going to, decide 60 or 70 is my emergency fund anything beyond that i'm gonna throw it at the house and i'm gonna start throwing everything at the house from now on beyond 15 percent, following the baby steps exactly so yeah your income was a little skewed more than i thought for some reason i I had a more normal income in my head but you're making a lot of money doing good you're doing really doing so well yeah you're doing really good but yeah the, the point is a, a tiny bit more or less of mm-hmm. something is not what's going to kill you. It's the concept that'll kill you yeah. if you extrapolate it, mm-hmm. you know, and extend it out into the into oblivion. Caroline is with us in Chicago. Hi, Caroline. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? So I am about my lease on my car is going to be up in a couple of months. Yay! And. Uh, and I don't haven't listened to your show a whole lot. I'm, you've probably covered this, but um, I'm 64. Right around the same time my lease is up, I will, you know, turn 65, go on Medicare. Um, I'm 
semi-retired. I have a little business I run out of my home. but So I'm trying to decide. I have... This is my fourth lease in a what's row. Your, what's your net worth? Um, I'm not sure. How much do you have in savings? Um, and re- and investments, have, and investments and savings in retirement. I've got about 175 in investments. Mm-hmm. Um, in cash, um, I've probably hang on let me look at my stuff here mm-hmm. i mean in cash i have 50 to 60,000 mm-hmm. in cash mm-hmm. you, have, um, you have any other investments is, um like like retirement no, investments or 401k or roth ira something like that you're not telling me about yet yeah i mean that's part of the 175 okay. i've got uh, so if know, we cashed if we cashed you out you're you got 200 grand my house is paid off What's it worth? Um, three seventy-five. Okay, all right. So, Caroline, let me give you a couple of guidelines since you're not a normal listener. Okay. Okay. A car lease, we call them car fleeces, because they're the most expensive way to operate a vehicle. You basically are borrowing the money at an average of fourteen percent interest. That's what they come. Fourteen point two percent is the average capitalization on the American car lease. All right. Okay. And so if you yeah. backed if you backed into the actual interest that you're paying uh, back and you can back it out of the numbers if you know how to run the numbers on this that you're going to find, you know, 10 to 20% interest somewhere in there is what you're paying. The average nationally is 14.2. So okay. cons- consumer reports, many other people have documented that the car lease is the most expensive way to operate a vehicle. Never lease a car. Okay? Rule number okay. 2. Never invest in a brand new vehicle unless you've got a net worth in excess of a million dollars. And the reason is that new vehicles go down faster in value. You lose more money, and you don't have the money to lose. In your case, you don't have the money to lose. You're 65 years old. You've got a paid-for home. You've got $200,000 to your name. You don't have $2 million to your name. And so you don't need to turn a $50,000 car into a $10,000 car over the next six years, which is what's going to happen if you're driving one. So buy a one- or a two-year-old used car and pay cash for it for the rest of your life, unless you inherit some money or get some money and end up with over a million-dollar net worth. Do not buy new cars, folks. You can't afford the loss. And, And you certainly can't afford to lease them and get fleeced. It's the most expensive way to operate a vehicle. Drive a one or two year old car, perfectly fine, and pay cash for them. This is the Ramsey Show.